Welcome to another episode of Promoted and Paid. I am your host, Samuel Lawrence, and I have a special guest with me that has many accolades. I'll let him talk about them himself. But he is a Forbes under 30 recognised business leader. Uh, his name's Kieran, and we are in sunny Doncaster today. So, thanks for joining. Thanks for joining, Kieran. Lovely to have you here. Um, appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to come and talk to okay. the listeners. And um, so, why don't you give us a bit of background about yourself and what your business does for those that don't know you? Yeah, so I founded a company called Card Industry Professionals in 2017, and we support merchants, businesses, independent business owners around the UK with accepting card payments face-to-face, online, over the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an industry that I personally have grown up around. I touched on it a few moments ago. My mum's been in, in the industry 25 years. So I always saw it as an industry that was going to um, be innovative continually. Yeah. The cash was going to decline. Yeah. Card payments are going to increase new products will come out new technology will come out for payments like when i was in secondary school it was you know around the time of the launch of an iphone and yeah. all of a sudden you had this touchscreen device and i was thinking yeah. well that's got to play a part in payments over the next mm. couple of decades so yeah. it's going to become more prevalent um and actually for me i just then finished my GCSEs and on the Monday morning started full-time just in an office under my mum. She was like, well, you can come in and start working on the paperwork and the customer support. Yeah. And that was great for me to actually see, well, what do you need to do in this industry? There's a lot of regulation. So there's, you know, your ID documents and your banking documents, your anti-money laundering and uh, checking of the actual merchants that we're going to provide a facility to. Yeah, that was important to me, but it gave me that basis to actually check all the facts and figures and what you need to get an application approved and uh-huh. support an, a merchant. Um, I went back to college, and that was then again at a time like, do you go to university? Do you do law? Do you do history? Yeah, what do you want to do? And it and it wasn't right for me. Uh-huh. Um, so I continued into more of a sales role in the industry, field sales and a bit of telesales. Okay, when I finished college. Um, it got a bit of, you know, so I'd taken what I already knew from growing up about the competition, about the products, about the terminology. Yeah. So even if I was an 18-year-old in front of a business owner that's in their 40s and been in business the last 10, 15 years, mm-hmm. I could have that conversation and make them yeah. understand that I knew what I was talking about with card right. payments. Right, okay. And I think that gave me the confidence, you know. Mm. At an u- early age, I saw that merchants were accepting my advice and going ahead okay. so then when I got to my mid-twenties and set up CIP I, I didn't have a doubt that I'd be able to support more merchants right it's just then can I I couldn't do it on my own yeah so by the time I got to my mid-twenties and I'd been in a number of roles in telesales or uh, tele-appointing making appointments in the field or field sales it was like can I bring all these skills all this knowledge I have together mm-hmm. and then actually scale that with partners, resellers, uh, sales reps around the UK that would then promote the brand and the products and the partnerships. Yeah. And I'd be able to essentially have a bird's eye view, an overview of how it's all going and who and how we work. Okay. Um, it, it just didn't seem like I could scale a business any other way. Like right. I couldn't do, I couldn't do all the sales each month. Yeah. I couldn't I, I wouldn't be happy either to just be continuing on that treadmill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the issues I had with sales roles myself was 
when it, the calendar month turns to the first again and you've got a new target for the month. Start from zero. Yeah, exactly. It's really tricky. It's a, it's a real difficult mentality. And I'm really, like, we've got some fantastic sales reps that work with CIP that are month in, month out pushing themselves. Mm. And they like that, you know, they engage with that uh, reset. And yeah. how many are going to do this month compared to last month or last year? Yeah. And for me, it's, no, I need to see the bigger picture. Yeah. I need to see it come to fruition over a long period of time. Right. It's like, and this is going slightly off tangent, but people that love gardening and will plant flowers in the spring and have a great summer with them and then they die in the autumn and the winter and they have to start again in the spring. Yeah. For me, I'm not a garden person because that would frustrate, that would infuriate me <laughs> to spend that time and then yeah, it's yeah, gone. Just, no, it's gone, yeah, yeah, It's yeah. like, I want something where the garden would be there forever. So yeah. let's do something with hedging that's there or evergreens and will be there forever. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's so funny because um, whenever I'm talking to my organisation and things, and one of the things we all agree on globally is that there must be something wrong with us to have been in sales for as long as we have <laughs> because the mentality it takes I have a family member that was is talking about going into sales and and he, what he said to me is what attributes do you need to have what kind of character yeah. do you need to have I said you need to be a hungry hunter and you don't understand no and you need to be able to make a hundred calls knowing that only 10% of them will say yes yeah, yeah. but be have be equally happy and enthusiastic on every single call. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, oh, that's a bit strange, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that, that ties in well with my own story. So um, with CIP then, 2017, founded the company. By the summer of 2018, one year later, I built a brand. And look, I'd started a company. You don't need a lot of money. It was social media yeah. pages. And it was... Um, Using Fiverr to get a logo. Right. It was... Fiverr's good. Fiverr, yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. because like, the idea in everyone's head is, well, I've had no investment or I haven't got savings. Yeah. So I can't go just start a company. But you can. You can register a company. You can set up a business bank account for free. Yeah. You can create an Instagram page for free. Mm. You can do the building blocks of a company and a brand for free, but then it needs your commitment and time and energy to actually... Yeah water it and see it grow mm-hmm. and my brother joined CIP in early 2019 okay. 2019 and he'd never been in sales but he had worked in a sort of promotions and nightlife through university oh and right yeah he'd done well with events okay. so he was a good people person he could talk to people he could mm. go and speak with local businesses and and get people to come to events and um he started in early 2019 and he's now one of our best sellers, one of our regional sales managers. Amazing. And he'd gone from his first initial couple of months, it was such a learning curve for him to get mm-hmm. into that different mentality and routine and build that pipeline and actually wait for some of it to drop. Right. And then get on a bit of momentum and a roll. Yeah. And he had moments of doubt. Yeah. And when we talk about it now and look at where he's at and the earnings that he has and yeah. the lifestyle he has because of it, yeah. he has fantastic relationships in his area, he's in networking groups, he's recommended by business owners, he's got a real community wow. up there in the northeast and he's Newcastle, Whitley Bay, okay. all that area. Yeah. Um and for for him, he is a great people person, so he can reset the clock and go again and build that pipeline. Okay. 
and he is really good at face-to-face conversations and following up and giving ongoing support. Yeah. He's always on the phone. Every time we have a, a family meal or on a family holiday, like this summer in Cornwall for a week, for the first time we went away, obviously, yeah, because of the pandemic and everything, but he's always on the phone to a customer yeah. or one of his team. Yeah. You can't get away from it, but you have to have that hunger and that desire mm. to always be on. Yeah. Every opportunity is a sale. Every opportunity is like right. money in the pocket. That's right. Um, and yeah, so it's just quite interesting that you've got a family member thinking about it, mm. and I've had one. Yeah. And I probably would have at the time given the same guidance that you have that it is tough. Yeah. And there's going to be times where you have to put on a brave face and a smile and put up with rejection. Yeah. But if I look at the two years since and where Aiden's at right now and how happy he is. Yeah. Uh, that's quite proud for me to see it come in because it, it reflects what we do at CIP we want people to come in be part of the community be part of the team mm-hmm. take our knowledge and experience of payments yeah. and go with it to merchants in their local area right be able to support more merchants okay and he is like, a perfect person that had no card payments industry experience no sales direct experience yeah and he's gone on to flourish yeah. because that support and that guidance yeah. and training I want to give it to anybody who wants to work with CIP. Right. You, okay. you don't have to be a, you know, a super seller just to come over to CIP. It can yeah. be your first role. Um, but I think we've got the, the ability to train anybody and give the time and energy to somebody who wants to learn and push themselves. That's amazing. And so it sounds like you're a real big investor in your people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that like when I meet successful business owners or successful people in business, uh, there's one similar trait that your people are your highest priority and so that investment that time that training that you put in your people mm-hmm. it reaps dividends in fact oh, yeah. if, if they're not happy your sales drop your 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 revenue drops and so does your so does your profit margin and so yeah. Yeah. it is so key but one of the things i wanted to ask you is what brought you to the place where you you're so genuinely interested in your people um there's probably a couple of influences one being my mom so even though I worked under her like at 16 uh, mm-hmm. on the team or I'd work in companies with a sales role that she was like a, a head of operations for, I worked with a, a core team of people. Mm-hmm. Every time I'd chat to them, not with my mum there, they'd be like, oh, she's great. She, she really helps me. She gets me. She, she's understanding. She doesn't push. She's not sh- super strict in terms of the way that you'd feel like under pressure all the time. It's right. allow people to flourish and grow and... And often what I always saw as well, and, and it's true to this day, is the people she goes on to mentor and are under her that she brings on, often from no experience, would mm. come in the team and they were always the first to get promoted and come out of the team. Right. So they'd always go into different areas of the business, so it's marketing or training or become a director of one of the departments. Mm-hmm. Because of that, that growth and that confidence that she, she instilled in them, and that sort of came to me as like, well, I want to treat all the employees of CIP like that. Okay. I want them to be on a journey with us. I don't want them to come in and resent work. Yeah. And then probably was then the experience I had when I worked for companies in our industry or other companies that were slightly more corporate is how cold it was to the individual. Mm-hmm. Like for even to the extent where they're, they're monitoring the time you, you go to the toilet or monitoring your lunch wow. break or you were two minutes late in traffic so you need yeah. to fill out this form and say why you were two minutes late and sign it and sit together at the end of the day for two minutes and it's just like it's to me it was ridiculous that we even yeah. lived in those times and you, you, you felt more like a robot than Absolutely. a person 
So between the influence of how my mum did it and how I didn't like being treated, I'm trying to make sure that everybody, whether they're employee, they're a sales rep in the field, somebody right down on the South Coast or over in Northern Ireland, yeah, they'll get the same attention and support from us yeah. and feel as engaged with the brand and, and us as a team because yeah. it is, you know, my mum's our uh, operations director now. Okay. John's our sales director. There's myself as founder. We're all very approachable people and yeah. we champion the relationships over just the sales figures. Yeah. Obviously, we want to continue growing and scaling and feeding back into the business growth. Yeah. But it's all about but the community. More, yeah, yeah. A bit more about the community, not yeah. just the pound. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. there's loads of things you can do where you maybe on paper, it doesn't look like the best return of investment straight away. Mm-hmm. Often, like next week, although we're opening our new office on Monday, we're having a bit of a grand opening on Wednesday Thursday we're a day with partners and the races and a Christmas meal with lots of sellers from around the UK mm-hmm. it'll be the first time in person since August 2019 wow. because of Covid and everything yeah. but you know we've got between 40 and 50 people travelling even from Ireland or from Scotland or down the south coast coming yeah. to us it's an expensive day it's you know all paid accommodation travel food the races yeah. but it's there's something about that community that will Absolutely. make sure that they be, they remember that over Christmas yeah. and they enjoy next year with us mm-hmm. and they know that we're giving back without yeah. like an instant return on investment. It's yeah. you know it's really important for us and we're not in a position at the minute where we've had loads of uh, like institutional investment. Yeah. We've grown and the revenues each year that grow, we put back into the growth of the company. Yeah. So things like this are a conscious decision to yeah. know that we're giving back and building on the brand and the company and the ethos. Yeah. And we will see it return next year. Yeah. From absolutely. the commitment and the loyalty. Yeah. yeah. Um, but some people don't maybe see that if they don't champion the people enough. Yeah. I think that's some, a different take. That's some really good advice there. And, um, and so a, a question before I go back to some of your business and personal principles is mm. how have you navigated working with family because we do have people that say you know um they just can't work with family or don't want to for various reasons yeah, yeah, right yeah. but how how do you navigate that landscape um i've never found it an issue okay. i don't know whether it's because me and my mom are pretty similar or okay. we have similar or i've taken influence from her so we don't yeah. clash right okay so it's all i've always seen the benefits and experience that she has and one one thing that she has is people from her career so if we say her career over the last 25 years Mm -hmm. she has people that still regularly reach out for a catch-up or a meeting or a coffee that speaks from different businesses or competitor businesses now yeah because they all worked together 15 years ago or you know you're still one of the people that's thought highly of and respected or they want to know she's doing well or stay in touch Mm. and i'm just thinking it's similar with 2040 the relationships that I build here, can we look back in 10 years' time and have a coffee? Yeah. And go, well, it all stems from we're still likeable people, we still yeah. treat each other well, yeah. we get back to each other, we're, res- we're responsive, yeah. we don't let people down. Yeah. And they're the same principles that I want to move forward. And I think me and my mum share those, so it's always been easy. And we've been working together full-time now over three years. So Amazing. it's, you know, I think the only thing is if, 
my other brother Declan or my dad and we're having a, a family meal and it always turns to CIP so the conversation <laughs> is always out. work yeah, yeah. and then I was like well, can we have a switch off no, there's too much to talk about too much to get done oh. not enough hours in the day and, and it's definitely when Aidan comes for a family meal or like Christmas or wherever and he's a regional manager up in Newcastle obviously we don't see him as frequently because he lives up there Mm. but again he just jumps into the CIP conversation because he knows it all and he's so in- involved yeah. and invested yeah. Uh, that yeah for other people they can just be like if you ever turn off but, <laughs> but you know I enjoy it oh that's fantastic and uh, just again another question about you so what was it about your business and your journey that got you elected to be Forbes 30 mm. under 30 I mean that's a, an amazing achievement by the way yeah, well thank done. you congratulations yeah, I really appreciate that it's um it's quite interesting. I think, um, I don't know, because I'm sort of somebody that looks at it and I, I've had this quite a lot recently when we talk to other companies or talk to, to people outside the business that uh, just want to know about the growth and the figures behind the business or the mm-hmm. revenue growth or the amount of customers we support at the minute from at the minute we're in a position where we're bootstrapped to date. So we haven't done our first round yet. It's all been okay. sort of organic growth. Yeah. That there's always that well that's impressive or how have you done? that's really good yeah. and I sort of look at it as like well I'm still just on the early stage of a journey yeah. so we're, yeah we're doing well and we're growing but yeah. I can see a completely different vision a few years down the line right and so I still feel like I'm on that path of just getting there yeah and with Forbes it was I presume the way that like bootstrap into you know so many thousand customers and revenues in seven figures when we started at zero four years ago it's just me yeah and it's kind of like the potential for the future as well and payments and obviously it's a mm. really interesting sector but i think i presume that is what got me on the list yeah i think what, 30 names around europe for finance and they don't tell you if you've made a list it's not like they pre-warn you they just yeah. say like you're either in it or you're not in it. Like yeah. at eight o'clock that morning when we announced the list, you'll mm. know. And I did actually get an email just before I was released online just saying, Congratulations, you're one of the listers. Amazing. But yeah, apart from that, you have no <laughs> no insight. It's like, yeah, you yeah, talk yeah, to them, yeah. they ask you more questions, they ask you for things, they say that they're, you're into consideration, they're talking. Um, but that's like a couple of months before they release the list. So right. then you just sort of go a few weeks, like thinking, at least I got asked. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. pretty cool. Like, I had to send like my photo and a bit of bio and yeah, yeah. answer more questions. So I was like, they're actually considering me. They're actually yeah. looking at what we've done so far and thinking that's a contender for being on the list. Yeah. But to actually be on it. And, and, and again, I don't think it's something that I lack knowledge because I'm in the middle of growing and the mm-hmm. journey. Yeah. So I feel I'm still so early in the journey that I can't look and go, oh, thank oh, you. It is yeah, a really yeah. good achievement. It just yeah, feels yeah. like okay yeah but yeah. this is still like, that's great but there's a lot Lots there's still do. a lot more to do <laughs> yeah, in your yeah. mind yeah yeah because maybe when I'm older I'll look back <laughs> that was quite good actually on reflection yeah yeah because you know yeah. it's incredible that you know um, I, I, I'm, I'm glad that you said because I didn't want to say but you know having a business in the seven figures mm-hmm. when you've only just opened it in 2017 in an area mm-hmm. where and, and, and not nobody actually knows this but I actually went to I think it was, is it in Genico or something like that? Yeah, in Genico. Yes, in Genico. And I was going to be a rep for them. And oh, then okay. I decided, I was, it was either that or to go into PropTech. So FinTech yeah, or PropTech. And um, I didn't go that way. And the, the people that came to meet me, they'd obviously been making money for a while. 
um, looked very well to do. And I thought, mm. oh, that could be me. But then I thought, oh, do you know, I'm quite interested in property. I didn't know much about payments. I thought, okay, I'll mm. go that way. And um, it's so well. interesting that this was God knows how many years. It's got yeah. to be more than 12 years ago. Yeah, and yeah, you're yeah, coming yeah. into this industry yeah. like five years ago yeah, and you're yeah. already where you are. It's incredible. It's, uh, it's like the industry itself for us, it, there's so much potential. There's a lot more potential and there's um, a lot of disruption to come. Yeah. Like everyone talks about the, the opportunities with open banking or, or products that relate with open banking and tying in into that, uh, you know, the new types of business accounts or bank accounts. Yeah that are available, the digital bank accounts. And actually, I don't see that as a threat, I see that as an opportunity, yeah. because maybe the companies that have been around a lot longer and are really stuck in their ways, I'd see it as a threat. Mm. But our model, the way that we work with merchants around the UK is that we're, we advise and support them with decisions for accepting payments in the business. So at the minute, that brand, that type of terminal is a strong device, it's a strong solution, it mm. will do what you need it to. But if the technology becomes outdated or there's a new product to market or a new type of accepting payments to market, yeah, then I'm all for partnering with those companies and talking yeah. to them and understanding, well, how do we get some support and training to work alongside each other to then okay. put it in front of merchants? Because the idea that uh, a new startup company over the last couple of years in open banking is going to be able to have the resources and, and the feet on the street to get in front of all the customers is slightly yeah. wrong in my view. There's yeah. lots that can be done with lots of money in terms of digital acquisition or yeah. inbound lead generation. And we all know we're on our phones every day and Instagram yeah. and Facebook and you can get leads. Yeah. But actually to convert and support merchants in communities where you actually install the, the product or the type of equipment, you train the staff on it, you make yeah. sure it's embedded in how they take payments. That's... That's really important to some of these businesses getting a foothold in the market. And what do you think about, because I've seen something on open banking and my f initial thought was, I'm not sure I trust it, that it feels a bit intrusive. Do you feel that there'll be a cultural, cultural shift towards mm. that? Yeah, I think so. Because mm. even like from experience, when we start to now use open banking or a product of open bank banking to put like a, a savings account towards our own bank account that gives that live transaction feed like an example being something like uh, money box that okay. rounds up yes. transactions so yes. you go spend £2.20 in a co-op and it rounds ATP up and puts yeah. it into savings but they need that continual bank feed right. to so see to what you've been spending right, yeah, and so okay. I see it I see benefits from it Yeah. and other you know services and other options and other products through that core banking product that you use mm -hmm. I can see people adopting it but this is this is where I see even with payments technology is the core market the large market the like for us the SME market the independent merchants they're always the late adopters okay. you will get your hospitality or your chains that are thinking can we find efficiencies yeah can I pay for an open banking product to come in and replace normal accepting of cards mm -hmm. and we're going to roll it out across the chain around the UK in okay. the restaurant and they have the infrastructure and the, the resources and the time the energy and the people to research it and implement it mm -hmm. but for your average butcher or your salon or your cafe owner they just need to accept the payments and they right. need to get on with their day-to-day -day running of the business okay. so when it becomes mainstream in a few years time or five years ten years time whoever however long that takes mm -hmm. 
then the SME market will adopt it. Like you will adopt it as just a consumer, right? As opposed to like an early adopter. An early adopter will be like, I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna yeah, go for it. Yeah. You're yeah. thinking of the disruption to your yeah. routine. Yeah, yeah. But you'll fall into line with that. Yeah. Once maybe this... three years time, five years time, ten I'm years with time. You. You'll look yeah, back. yeah, yeah. And we're like that with SMEs. So when people say to me, "But what about if like all of your customers could use open banking or someone comes in with that sort of product?" But I just think. No, because you're missing the point. The point is that these independent merchants aren't going to be your early adopters. They're not yeah. going to just go, I'm going to throw this card machine in the bin. I'm going to go yeah. for that product and all my customers will pay me mm. because they can't afford to. Because if that first day they open, no one trusts paying them. Yeah. There's too much money done. to lose or yeah. too much of a gamble. Yeah. But if they know there's like enough use case scenarios in a few years' time that this sort of product is just accepted by the business next door, and their friend that's got a business, and they say that's what you need to do, will already be in the market at that point and have options to talk to merchants about and guide them and, and, and give them the confidence and give them a bit of education, mm. train their staff. That, that's where I see the difference being for CIP. Okay. Um, and that's why I think we have a good reputation, we're going a good brand, we're getting yeah. good reviews online, because yeah. we take that time with the actual merchant and the community. Okay. Um, and that's, like, so when I see CIP growing, it's similar. There's the butcher and the cafe owner and the florist and the hair salon in every town of the UK, as sure. there is in every town in Europe. Yeah. As there is, you know, so if you can take that mentality and uh, to the merchants in local communities, then we're going to be able to grow and scale a brand and a business. Yeah. Um, that's probably one of our key differentiators, I would okay. probably say. Okay. And then going to your principles, and in terms of the principles, almost the principles you live by, mm. what would you say they are? I would say being responsible and reliable. Okay. That's one. So I'm not one for letting people down if it's in my personal life. You know, I had to grow up quite quickly because I had a son at 19. Um, so all of a sudden, you know, when you find out that you're going to be a dad at 19 and he's now going to secondary school next year, I've had my 20s to figure it all out with him and have and have to be reliable. Yeah. So at 18 months old, I separated from his mum. Mm-hmm. So all of, all of his childhood, he's just known me coming on the, the times to pick him up, to have the weekends with him, to have the evenings, to take him to football or go watch his football. Yeah. And it's a similar mentality I've had with people we jump onto partnership calls with or workshops or opportunities for sales. The early days of supporting a merchant, it was... I need to go back because I promised him at that time I'd go back. Yeah. And I need to follow up in this email because I said I'd get that across to them, that info. Or I told Sam I'd be here at one o'clock for the meeting to do this. Yeah. And I think that's something that I'd probably live by. Yeah. And, and take forward. And, and hopefully that will lead to confidence in the relationships I have with people and businesses and that rapport with people long term. So mm. that, you know. It's really easy to get distracted yeah. with the technology and with what's going on in life and personal life. Yeah. And I think being reliable is one of those core pillars. Yeah. Amazing. Being able to get yourself forward. Amazing. And I feel like that that leads on to things like your integrity. So then people trust your word. Yeah. And as yeah. you say, it then gives them confidence in that relationship. And so they don't feel like you're you know, just selling to them or just telling them something so you can gain from them, but actually yeah, yeah, there's yeah. that exchange. Um, it's, I think it's quite, nowadays, it's quite easy to see through 
somebody is trying to do it for their gain or yeah. their personal gain or they're pushing you because you can see that there's something more in it for just them that's what they're focused on yeah and we i don't have that one of the things we're setting up cip was i felt the other providers in the market at that point mm. were either not transparent enough to the merchants and merchants were a little bit fed up of it or didn't trust it or if they did go with it with quite a strong product and were quite open about the pricing and the agreements in the mm. market there's a real lack of ongoing support you sort of you'd agree you'd sign up your machine would arrive you'd never see that sales rep again or you'd never yeah. see anyone or you'd try to pick up the phone and you're on hold for an hour yeah and it was kind of like well we need to tick both boxes you need to be transparent up front so that then next month when i've got a card machine you can go to that italian restaurant with your family and have a meal and be confident they're happy yeah and you want to be able to also go back in a year's time and know that they've been supported with aftercare and if we can right. tick those boxes then why wouldn't we get the positive reviews online? Why wouldn't we get referrals to other businesses? Yeah. Why wouldn't we have sales reps that go to sleep happy at night? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't want them going to sleep thinking, I've really got to avoid that right. village for the next yeah. few years yeah. or like a few yeah. months or whatever. Um, you want them to be able to put a product in they're going to be proud of. So yeah. that was quite important with the partnerships that we have. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. And so what advice would you give to anyone that is saying, you know, I, I have a entrepreneurship bone in my body and mm. I want to explore that. What advice would you give them if they wanted to start out? Um, my advice would be definitely to go for it if they do have that desire. And I think they'll, they'll know if they could put up with it. Don't do it if you feel that in six months' time, if you're not a millionaire, you're going to be really upset and panicking and mm. trouble at home and you're going to have to go get another job. Yeah don't expect it to be that because you know you can grow you can scale but you should continually be reinvesting those funds into the growth of the business okay so like for me i never saw it as a get rich get rich quick scheme mm -hmm. it was like planting the seeds and it'll probably take me five years to get it to a point where i'll be comfortable to then be comfortable for the next five or ten years yeah um and that that takes a lot of grit and determination you know when I set up CIP I had just that month got our my first mortgage first home got in got in a mortgage and then thought I'm going to set up a company and then within a couple of months I'd handed my notice in at the place I was and I went full time yeah. on my own and and it's tough you've got credit cards you've yeah. got your last month's salary yeah. you've got maybe you know borrow a bit from mom, bank of mum and dad just yeah. to keep you going yeah but even that first sort of nine to 18 months, when you've used your credit cards, it's still, well, I'll just take the minimal I can from the company just to pay my bills. Yeah. And I'll just take enough to cover myself and keep going, keep building. Um, and you shouldn't, and, and I've seen it too many times of other people where they've maybe tried not to copy, but they've seen, or took inspiration from it and think, well, I'm gonna go do it because he can do it or mm. they can do it or that company's done it, so I'll just go do it. And that people are too quick to think, oh, I'll put stuff on a business card or get a car on lease or, yeah. you know. And I'd just say, if you're going to do it, then do it properly. Do it the right way and don't expect to be a millionaire. <laughs> but if you put the work in consistently and show up day in, day out, it's the same yeah. with, with like podcasting or YouTubing. Or if you're constantly there day in, day out, then yeah. you see the compound effect and the growth and the exponential growth eventually. Mm -hmm. 
and you should have stuff to look back on like the credibility of the reviews and the credibility of the customers and the recurring revenues or the yeah. sales or the viewers going up or the daily active users it will incrementally grow um, but you've just got to be ready for that journey yeah, yeah. but I'd, I'd go for it because the freedom it gives you you might work harder and longer, but you yeah. won't be watched for if you're late for two minutes. <laughs> two minutes yeah. late. Meet to go after yeah. this. Oh, yeah. Two minutes late, you're still red light. We're going to have to sign this off again. Like, we're going to have to give you a bit of a talking to. Like, oh, you just need to. Yeah, it's not a way to live, is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, and just so the final question for me is, apart from this podcast, are there any other podcasts, books, or even websites that you would advise our listeners to go and check out if they want to go into business? Yeah, um... Definitely, for me, look, consume as much as you can in terms of podcasts and listening to people that inspire you. So even if it's people that you look up to in business, so even if it's like things from the archives, like the Steve Jobs talk on stage, releasing an iPhone, yeah. or look at how people hold themselves in business or talk and, and present themselves and think of how you want to position yourself because you've got to believe in yourself as well. Mm-hmm. And one thing I was told when I was younger was, even the prime minister started out as a teenager like didn't you know they don't have that experience anybody can become anything they want that's right like you you're all at one point a baby yeah um and and i think that's quite important but there's a few books the lean startup that mm-hmm. my mum made me read that when i started cip four years ago and she'd been told by previous um the previous company she'd worked at as a startup in our industry the director of that company had made the managers read the Lean Startup. Okay. So Eric Reese, the Lean Startup, definitely read that. Um, and then have a look online. There's some great, it depends on what you're after, but Traction's a great book if you read that. Um, one that I love, just, I really enjoyed, was Banking on It by Anne Bowden about Starlink and about how she took a brand. And that resonated with me because she was somebody that had worked for decades in her particular field which was banking mm-hmm. and saw the crash and how it was broken or the old infrastructure the legacy infrastructure and how yeah. she could make a challenger bank with her experience and it kind of resonated with how I saw my mum's 20 year career so far in this industry and mm-hmm. all the knowledge she had but maybe where it was broken or could be improved and the processes and the customer journey could be improved Yeah, and I saw that was quite an inspiring read so yeah. banking on it just seeing her take on Stalin and their growth and, and just go for it yeah yeah amazing thank you Sorry. okay well, thank you very much for coming in thank it's you. great appreciate to see you again and uh, yeah I appreciate you brilliant thank, thank you very you. much cheers thank you <laughs> cheers